0: Hello, it's Anna and Mirella for Blooming Boomers podcast of autumn and winter. And today we have a guest, Keith Goodwin, and he's a career advisor at YWCA here in Vancouver. So Keith, welcome.
1: Thank you very much indeed. Thank you for having yeah. me here today.
0: Welcome, Keith. <laughs> so we thought maybe you could tell us a bit about yourself.
1: Right. Well, I came to Canada three years ago. And um, I was kickstarting my life all over again at the age of 56. <laughs> I came over here having spent the previous 25 years working as a career's advisor in both an educational and an industrial environment. Um, prior to that, I'd had a career brief career in the Royal Air Force, as a legal officer, and then went into sales temporarily. found the cut and thrust of sales even for me at my early age. Back then was a little too much, and uh, I found I was getting far more professional rewards from working as a careers advisor, so I made a a conscious effort back in the late 1980s, early 1990s, to get myself trained up and uh, secure an employment in that Mm -hmm. field. Mm -hmm. And that was in England? That was in England, in the northeast of England, Newcastle upon Tyne. And um, Although my job did take me around the United Kingdom, so I was working up in Stirling, Glasgow, uh, down in Leeds, uh, but predominantly in the north.
2: I just have to, like, I know I'm going to go off script a bit, (laughs) but why Canada (laughs) in 56? Like, wow.
1: I had come across here in 1988, and I worked as an airport manager up at Bella Bella. That was in my immediate post-Royal Air Force career. But no, um, I'd met a lady back in 2009. She was a cousin of somebody whom I worked with uh, at this college.
0: Romance. Mm. Oh... (laughs) Yes.
1: (laughs) And uh, it's a bit of a slow burner, but eventually uh, we just decided that rather than have long distance relationship, either she would move back to Britain or I would move over to Canada. And I just took the opportunity to um, be brave and go outside my comfort zone which apparently when I look back I've been doing quite a lot and moved over here back in the uh, January of 2017. So you good decision.
2: I you think are, so. <laughs> You are a blooming boomer. Teasing.
1: I'd like to think so <laughs> uh, but I still have a few blossoms left in me. Oh, just yeah, a few. That's a,
2: he's a <laughs> that's perfect, pretty good. Uh, member of
0: this group. For sure. So basically you got into sales and decided, well, amongst other things, decided just a little too much. Yeah. So career advice, like what is that? What does okay. that entail?
1: There are lots of people out there who are a little unsure about what sort of career, and it's an interesting word career actually, because in the dictionary it's got lots of different definitions. Uh, One of the definitions is journey, which is the one I tend to attach myself to. But yeah, so people who are not sure about where it is they're wanting to go either in their next job. Uh, Whilst I was working at the college, of course, you had a number of young people who weren't quite sure where they were going to start their work journey. And you sit down and you provide them with information. You provide them with advice and guidance on particular uh, careers and how to get on in those careers right from the very outset. So whether it's academic qualifications, vocational qualifications, work experience, anything along those particular lines, you are guiding and advising those people on whatever stage of the journey Mm -hmm. that they are at that particular time.
2: Do you you just, uh, sorry, your work right now at the YWCA here in Vancouver, do you work with just seniors, or do you work with all age groups?
1: Yes, my work with the uh, YWCA, is with a program called Job Futures 55 Plus. I must stress that I am here in my own capacity as an individual, but nevertheless, the program was devised. Uh, it's been funded both federally and provincially, and it was recognized that people of, a, of that age, the 55 plus market, they were struggling to try and secure new employment. The clients that i'm dealing with many of those clients had been restructured out of various jobs um, or had chosen to leave because of various other commitments within their lives but they're now thinking to themselves well i don't want to retire i don't want to not do anything and as they've tackled the job market they are experiencing difficulties whether it's um, ageism whether it's uh, the fact that their skills might be out of date or they might be seen as being too long in the tooth and not willing to learn new tricks. So the the program was designed to address those issues and to try and reboot these individuals in their job search.
2: I'm I'm fascinated that this is the first time I've heard of such a program. It sounds awesome. Wow.
1: I should feel disappointed at this point, but uh, no. Uh, It is a relatively new program, I must admit. The program began in October of last year.
0: So very um, recent.
1: Very recent. In fact, um, there is our programs run through the through the YWCA in partnership with Work BC, and we've been running the program in North Vancouver, and out of the, and out of the Work BC office on West Broadway.
0: As far as you know, are there similar programs elsewhere in Canada North
1: America? I I, I can't speak for the whole of North You're... America, but I do know I, I do know that locally. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I believe there's a program being run through Douglas College in New Westminster. Uh, that one's called Encore 55 Plus, And I think it's there to work alongside the program that we are running, but just for a different geographical area.
0: So it seems there's a need for this.
2: That's interesting because, of course, as a and boomer myself, I was uh, brought up with Freedom 55. And here we are in mm-hmm. 2020. Yeah with a program that is helping those on Core 55s finding work. So do you think it's because people need to work or want to work?
1: Um, I would say it's either a mixture of both or one of each. Um, Each individual has their own particular motivation for this. And uh, it's clear uh, from my still yet relatively brief involvement with the program that a lot of these people feel that, they want to work on. They don't want to sit around.
0: So do you see trends? Do you see, for instance, you started saying some were, you know, downsized, some mm-hmm. perhaps family situation. Possibly, yes. So is there like a percentage or a rough breakdown?
1: I have never looked at it that way, I'll be honest with you. Okay. I, I, I couldn't give you an exact figure, I'm afraid. No, that's, a, that's all right. I might go back to.
0: Mm-hmm. That's all right. So I guess legal or mandatory retirement is not something that's popular anymore or even should be the case.
1: Yes, I was thinking about this in the run-up to today's podcast. I've always been a bit sketchy about mandatory retirement. It's possible that there might be some professions Uh, which might demand that, either because of the physical nature of the job, the the mental demands that a particular job might create, and that might make that unsuitable for people of a certain age. Mm -hmm. But in general, I am against, and this is, my again, stress my personal view, Mm -hmm. that I am against mandatory retirement. You mentioned Freedom 55. I can tell you now that during my 20s, I aimed to be retired by the age of 50. Not right. 55, but 50. <laughs>
2: right. And I
1: look back now, and there were lots of, or there have been lots of things that have happened that have prevented that, some of which have been of my own, of my own volition. And I look back at what I've done since I was 50, and I'm thinking, yeah, I'm rather pleased that my plans changed um, mm-hmm. during my 30s and my 40s, because uh, I've seen and done things, even in the last three years, which um, have completely re energized myself. So physically and mentally, I feel far more prepared to keep working. And I've seen the effects of people who have worked for long periods of time. I used to work for British Gas, and they had a major restructuring program. And there were a number of people who'd been with the organization for upwards of 40 years. And yet they were only in their mid to late 50s. And they all chose retirement. Yeah, well, not all of them, but a significant number did. Some of them that presented them with severe health issues. Um, And I can't explain why. But um, What
2: do you mean it presented um, significant health issues, their retirement?
1: There was a period where, and very sad to say, that a number of people actually died. And uh, there may have been physiological reasons for that, I don't know. Uh, but uh, when the body, I imagine, I'm not an expert on this, but I imagine when the body is used to a certain level of activity and all of a sudden that stops. Yeah. They did. Yes. I'm, I'm not saying they all did, but a significant number found that for, for health reasons and also for family reasons, because all of a sudden they were back home.
0: Yeah, and, and there were 40 something, 50 something and no longer, you know, a pattern, no longer getting up in the morning. It's different, uh, perhaps unprepared for the change.
1: Possibly. And Hmm. there was one case which stood out, and it was um, a gentleman who'd been a boy engineer, and uh, he was retiring. He was 53 years old. He'd been with the company for uh, some 38 years. And um, it was causing relationship issues because he was home now. And his wife, who had her routine, for all the time that they'd been married and he'd been working, that all of a sudden her routine was being impacted.
2: But you know, what I hear from you is that you've done a lot of things in your career. You've really actually had a journey in your work life. And then you're talking about people who have worked 35, 40 years, and then they retire. And I wonder... Because I know that there are some people who are in their 60s who are very scared to retire. They're very worried about, you know, not continuing on their work. But I think to every season, there comes an end. And, you know, it could be for my husband, he had to leave work because he was working shift work. So you're 24 hours, you're changing your shift every three weeks, your health is compromised after 30 years of it. So maybe you work at something else.
1: I think that, uh, and you've hit the nail on the head there, each individual will make their own choice. You know, I'm quite sure that, uh, for instance, my father, who worked until he was in his early 70s, could have retired way beyond that. But he chose to work on. He actually, you know, he had a job that he really enjoyed. Um, It was within engineering. And... um, you know, he kept on going, he didn't have to, but I think it's because he wanted to. Coming back to the, the group, and, and when I've spoken with people, not just people who are on the program itself, but I'm going back to my previous work, working with more senior members of the work. Uh, the workforce, The, yeah. the workforce, thank mm-hmm. you. I found that you can't group them. You can't say, well, okay, there's this number of percentage that want to do this. Uh, it's, a, it's an individual choice.
0: But I also think it's societal. Um, it's true. I would agree. Depending on your personality, mm-hmm. whether you know you you're, you want to be engaged, a lot of factors. But I think today we live longer. Yes. I think we have more options, and I think it's more okay to exercise those options. And I think also, you know, years back it used to be you work for one company or one organization. Today, mm-hmm. even if you wanted to, that's limited. So by necessity, you move around, the security is not the same. So all those factors combined, plus the cultural and societal needs, some optional, some, Mm -hmm. there's just no choice. It's now more open to working at 60-something, even 70-something. At least that's my perception.
1: No, no, and I would agree with that. And and you, you talk about blooming boomers. Mm -hmm. And they talk about people who worked with one organization and then they managed to work their entire career through that. I just wonder whether the baby boomers have missed out on that. Because when I look back and I go look look at the massive economic changes in Europe that were taking place during the 1970s, during the 1980s, and uh, I imagine mirrored certainly Mm, in, in North America. I cannot think of many of my contemporaries who have been with just one organisation all their working life, and I think that um, the, the, that baby boomer generation are the ones that have had to deal with that um, economic mobility and geographic mobility in terms of their life, because the industries that, work, that, that have come around since the 1970s and 1980s, they have been very flexible and they've demanded a more flexible workforce exactly and you can see that Mm -hmm. in resumes when I was involved in recruitment and human resources work you could almost tell by looking at the number of workplaces that someone had worked and I'm going back to the early 2000s and you could almost spot how old somebody was if (laughs) just by looking at the number of organizations they they'd worked for that the older workforce the pre-baby boomers (laughs) Mm -hmm. they tended to be you know very large chunks early on in their working career whereas you now look at Baby boomers and I, the clients I'm dealing with and that I've been dealing with, you know, for the last 10 or 15 years. And you can see great changes. They, mm-hmm. p- these people have moved around and they've used their transferable skills, which is a key aspect is getting people to recognize they have those.
0: So maybe, you know, moving towards that, the skill set. So yes. you're working with 50, 55 and up
1: mm-hmm. and...
0: Now, when you start working, it's that, you know, all generations and different skill sets and especially technology. So the the Z Z generation and the millennials and all these, they have these skills almost innately, Mm. whereas the baby boomers not necessarily. So what are some of the challenges you see and how you address them?
1: Yes, um, I think that um, certainly anecdotally, I would say that One of the biggest limits that the baby boomers, or one of the barriers, is the limitations they set upon themselves. And uh, what I'm trying to convince people of is, when I'm speaking with clients individually, and not just, I say, on this current program, is to get them to look at the evidence. And they can see where they've moved, and they see where they've moved from different organizations, sometimes within the same industry, but sometimes without the same industry. So people may have moved from engineering into finance. I look at people who work within, say, the IT industry, and you look at the people who are the baby boomer age, and they were there right at the beginning, and they've had to change, and they have changed because they've kept up the speed with things. So I think one of the major issues is getting baby boomers to recognise that they've gone through some of the most vast and severely impacted economic changes that the, if we can say, the Western Hemisphere has experienced since 1970. And they've succeeded. They've adapted. So but it's getting have... them to recognize that.
0: Uh, so any success stories? Anything that stands out?
1: Um, what from the the program? The program, the or, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's early doors yet. Mm. Uh, we really, uh, I would like to say, yes, I, I know there are people who've succeeded in getting employment. Uh, okay. I know there are people who've been That's offered great. jobs. Yeah. And have turned them
2: down. I- I'm going to tell you, I had a really interesting experience. I-, I had not really applied for jobs for many years, and then I thought, oh, I needed a little Christmas money. So I thought I would work in the London drugs downstairs. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do everything online. They do all of their application online, and then I had to do what amounted to a 20-minute test, psychological mm-hmm. test of multiple-choice questions, mm-hmm. which annoyed me, and 15 minutes in, I just gave up and said, not worth it. This whole, everything online, even getting just to be seen for an interview, when it's in my mind, I thought, it's downstairs. It's a minimum wage job. Holy heck. I Some of those barriers may seem small to some people, but yeah. they seem...
1: I would, no, I, I would certainly agree with that. And, and what I'm always keen to emphasize is, you know, look at it from the employer's perspective as well to make sure that, you know, because these people are busy. The individuals themselves, we talk about, oh, HR, we talk about personnel department. We're talking about human beings who themselves are very, very busy, and they're looking at ways to try and make their recruitment more effective. Because the last thing I imagine if you speak to people from a human resources or recruitment background, they will tell you how A, expensive it is for an organisation, they will tell you how time-consuming it is for them as individuals and for other managers within their organisations who may be involved, say, in the interview and selection process. So they're trying to use this technology, I imagine, to, for their particular organisation to think, well, this is the most efficient way and the most effective way of doing it. And as far as online applications are concerned, yes, I agree. They seem like, you know, why can't you just send a resume in? Why can't you just go along and knock on the door and say, here I am.
2: <laughs> Drop <laughs> well, it off. Yeah. I remember doing things when it was like yeah.
1: going to work at a
2: drugstore
1: mm. or you,
2: you, they were just a sort of, I talk to the manager, mm. the manager talks to you. Why not? Right? My,
1: my father got his first job as a welder at a shipyards in the northeast of England by talking to a man in a pub on a Friday afternoon. And he was told that if you want a job, go and see that man over there, buy him a pint of beer, and he'll put your name on the list. (laughs) That's,
2: that's, I know, things have changed. So are you saying that even, let's say that I wanted next Christmas to uh, get a part-time job. Are you saying that even for those kinds of jobs it'd be worthwhile at this point for someone like me to come to you?
1: Yes, to seek advice. I mean, there's lots of support. What I've noticed, even here, uh, in Vancouver Public Library, you should see the job seeking assistance they offer people. Yeah. There is lots of help out there uh, for people of all ages who are genuinely trying to seek work and You mentioned Christmas work, and, and of course, the key there is of course, not to wait until November to do it <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I worked in thrifties I think my first job in Canada was at thrifties, and i 'm thinking to myself, yeah I could see people and they were mm-hmm. coming in in sort of late November to say i 'd like a Christmas job by that stage. Thrifties have done all their recruitment for Christmas. They're not going to be training people up in December. They want them in June and July to get them. But that's what
2: I'm thinking. I need the money. The extra money is Campo. It hits you in November, right? <laughs> not in June.
1: But not again, again, they're trying to try and, but just to try and understand that from the employer's perspective as mm-hmm. well, to try and make sure that, you know, whatever you're doing as a job seeker, and this is for all job seekers, this is to make sure you're presenting yourself all your transferable skills in the right manner and it may well be that that is now online because that's how employers are seeing the way the most efficient and most effective way for them to recruit. There are some things you just have to get used to and when you look at that and you practice it the feedback that I'm getting is actually it's not that bad. It's a bit inconvenient to begin with but it's not that bad.
2: You know what I I would come to you. I think that this has been just a real big eye-opener that if it, it sounds a little bit daunting to me uh, to do it by myself at first, just like everything else. But if I came to seek help from you or someone here at the it's Vancouver encouragement. Library, yeah. it's yeah. encouragement yeah. and then I could get through it. Do
0: you see any, or would you advise any particular areas for anyone 55 and up in particular to seek employment at?
1: I would, uh, um, no, none. I would. I, I, I would be very, very broad in my selection. If that was the case, mm-hmm. uh, I think to be able to analyse effectively what you've done in the past, and when you look at job postings, and when you try and organise informational meetings to network with employees, just to find out a little bit more, you'll find that the skills that you've developed over the last 20, 30 years, they're not that different. The technology has changed. But again, for, for, for most people, they've worked through all that, and they've seen that change. I can remember using command line um, computers, and I'm thinking, this is space age. And then someone gives me a mouse in 1994. <laughs> and all of a sudden, it changes again. But we move, and we have adapted. And the key with the, the people of that sort of baby boomer generation, they've gone through this. And uh-huh. they know what it's like. And the trick for them is to actually accept the fact that they can still learn.
0: And maybe that's mm-hmm. the thing. So how do you keep current?
1: Yes. And how? Uh, again, uh, you look at all the different training programs that are out there. You know, Vancouver is awash.
0: And probably most colleges cities, similar things.
1: Yes. Thing. And there are online training programs. And again, if you, and I, I, I'm not just saying this because we're in Vancouver Public Library, but uh, I came and attended a presentation here. And I saw the support services that they have available here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and then of course you've got Work Then you've got you know YWCA and other organisations like that pushing this support because it's it, it's not that people need it as such, but it helps to oil the wheels.
0: Yes, and, and it also helps if you're thinking you know I'm 50 something or 60 yeah. and I want to or need to work for financial reasons. Yes then there is support out there. So whether yes. it's your public library like we have here in Vancouver yes. or anywhere else, there are government or organizations. Um, just have, you just have to open your eyes and look around and ask
1: people. I am sure that there's ageism out there. Oh, absolutely. I'm sure too. But what I say to that is most employers are looking for the right person, the right fit for their organization. And I don't think they'll worry too much about how old people are. Because, as you said, we are living longer. We are healthier. We have you know, a great health support system available. Generally speaking, we are far more healthy and are living longer than previous generations. So that's not a big issue for the employees. If you can put yourself forward with the right abilities and that right level of motivation, mm-hmm. then a lot of these barriers which people of our age may perceive are there, might actually not actually be there at all or they will start crumbling in front of them. So,
0: so part of it is the real ageism and the, the other part is oh, yeah. the barriers we self- are self- yeah. Yeah. Yes.
2: self-imposed. Yes. You know what, I'm feeling a lot better about, about this and hearing all the support that you are doing at YWCA and that you've mentioned is around in Vancouver. Yes. And that goes to what you said earlier, everybody's an individual and we can't all be lumped into, you know, everybody that's retired will never want to go back to work or don't ever give up your job because you're never going to find it. That, that these are all just uh, cliches and statements that may have some truth, but don't blanket everybody with it, right? And it gives me hope because that means that whatever choice we make, if we change our mind, or we want to go in a different direction, there's probably somebody out there that can help us revamp where we're at. Yes. Yeah. If if we need that help, it's out there.
1: Yeah. If if I may just quickly say, you said something there about labels and and generalizations. Back Mm -hmm. in 1976, my economics teacher at school said, Keith, beware of the generalization. Mm -hmm. And I think that's once again, and this is why I talk about individuals, and it comes down to individuals, whether you're an employer recruiting, it's it's a person sitting in a chair, Making a decision on a bunch of resumes or a bunch of interview results. And it's all about the individual.
0: So the power yeah. is with you.
1: So yes, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
2: The power is with you. Go. That's how we should end it. You're an individual. You make the choices you need to make at the time. And then if things change in the future, there is help out there. There is so help, yes. Yeah. There's just, help just do out what out you've there. always done. Do you Adapt
1: yeah. <laughs> and succeed.
2: I like that. Yeah,
0: me too. Thank so you. Keith, thank you very much. So we've had Keith Goodwin. Thank you again,
1: Keith. It's my pleasure. Thank you very much indeed.
0: Thanks. Bye. And it's Anna. And Marala. For the Blooming Boomers.